No Block, No Rock, episode 26. We'll just call this the middle of fall camp episode. Yeah. Three weeks until that game against Illinois, week one. This is Kool-Aid's special episode. <laughs> if you want to call it that, whatever, man. Well, I mean, I don't think we have the Kool-Aid, but we're going to try to keep your Kool-Aids at a low keep, during this episode. Keep the Kool-Aid to a minimum. Yeah. Just try to we'll try it's exciting Especially. football season's back baby yeah i mean look there's all there's always a degree of giddiness a little bit of excitement tempered excitement on my end today we'll, we'll we're gonna just run through some a little bit of conference realignment we'll touch on that we'll touch on some of the comments that coaches have made for our listeners out there we just got done with day four of fall camp so we'll talk about some some of the things that Coach Chenander and um, Dawson said. We'll also just talk about some of the roster situation, what the roster situation looks like, kind of the depth chart, what we think about some positions, what we think of the defense. And lastly, um, you know, we'll just give a we'll just we'll just do the shout out to Delano Banton right now. Did not expect him to go that high. Yeah. So congratulations to him. He was picked before. Luca Garza A- and Zagorowski. That's so good. if you're a Jasker out there, those tears are a little tasty. <laughs> but guys, let's let's get into some realignment things, okay? Like the dust I don't want to say the dust is settled because the dust is still swirling like a mug. Yeah. But you know, today apparently the Pac twelve and the Big Twelve commissioners met together to kind of gauge what their relationship might look like. Are they going to have, are they going to merge together? Are they going to have a little schedule arrangement? Um, what do you guys think about that? What's your initial impression of the Pac-12 and the Big 12 colluding? So I think it's going to be just like full-on hell. I, I think Eric had said a couple weeks ago, I think you're going to have West Coast teams playing East Coast teams. You're going to just have just pure chaos in the future here in college football. Uh, I hope that Kevin Warren is not sitting on his couch doing Jack Dick like we assume he is. And I hope he's making calls to some of those teams like we had said in the past. Notre Dame uh, rumored already that Kansas uh, might already be on the boat with the Big Ten. We'll see if that comes true. But, I mean, I I hope the Big Ten makes a move here because they're going to have to follow up what Texas and Oklahoma did and join the SEC because we don't want the SEC to take over, uh, make potential rule changes that cater to the SEC uh, scholarship rules, etc. If there is a, a driver, which it is right now, the SEC, that's going to uh, take a big hit on the Big Ten. So yeah, um, and the Pac-12. What's it? What's the Pac-12 going to get out of this? Eric, you brought up a good point before we started recording. What'd you say? The Pac-12 is going to get the the Central Time Zone out of this, so all their games aren't on it. Ten o'clock in, at night. Look, the conference itself already has a bad reputation for just being bad, and frankly, it is a bad conference. I mean, have you watched? Have you watched a game? It's hell to sit through. But no, I mean, if they can get uh, the Central Time Zone and some eyes on, say, the greats. Like USC's and the Oregon's and and some years the Washingtons and all that. The, if the two conferences merge, uh, the TV or revenues will increase and the eyes will increase. And I think that Pac-12 needs eyes on it because the Big 12 ain't surviving alone. 
no. And I one thing I can say on this topic is thank God we have a leader here in the Big Ten that you know has good communication and uh, is is a is a solid leader. Let's just be real, guys. It's Barry Alvarez, right? Who's in charge? Like everyone yeah. thinks, you know, it's Kevin Warren that's calling the shots here. I think <laughs> the moment Kevin Warren raises his hand a little bit, Barry goes, "No, right, stop." <laughs> he slaps his hand. So he's getting the bad Bre- boy. He's getting the Brett Bielema treatment. <laughs> I guess that that is the Brett Bielema treatment. I mean, from rumors of why he left Wisconsin in the first place, Barry maybe had a little too much power. Now Barry has all the power, and he is kind of Brett Bielema's boss again. So <laughs> it's all come full circle. Yeah, it's full circle for Bert. I don't know. It's just like when you think of the Pac-12, like you're absolutely right. They're virtually nothing. Even USC. Like, what have they done lately? Uh, you know, you have Washington that that comes up every once in a while. Oregon's a big name. Nike has a big stake in that. A big reason as to why they're even a name brand, really. I know they made a natty game, which they lost, but the Pac-12 is just irrelevant. Like all their games, like you said, Eric, are on at freaking ten o'clock at night. I get it, but at the same time, if they're gonna make a merger with the remaining Big Eight teams. What kind of revenue are we talking there? And talking about a merger, I think these other schools and these conferences, they also need to like put their foots on the brake a little bit because they really want Oklahoma and Texas. And this is the Big 12 schools and the Big 10 schools. They really need Oklahoma and Texas to have to pay that buyout. We don't want to mm-hmm. jump in and take a team too soon. Right. Although, you know, like we do really want Kevin Warren to, you know, have some back-end deals working. Very you know, yeah, sorry, Barry, have some back-end deals working. But I think if you're the Big Ten and the Big 12, you want Oklahoma and Texas to have to pay a fee to get the heck out of there. Because you know they don't want to wait till 2025. Gosh, can you imagine them playing? Like, I know Nebraska went through their own hell with the refs and all that. Can you imagine a couple more years with Texas and OU kind of getting, hopefully getting the shaft by the refs and having to pay out? Well, yeah. That's and a then- double whammy right there. Well, then you also think about the ACC. There was rumors that just dropped today, too, that Florida State and Clemson have also been in contact with the SEC. Yeah. So it's like, if you're the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the Pac-12, how do you compete with this maybe powerhouse of the SEC? Well, first of all, Clemson stepped in and basically put Bosch on the SEC or rumors awfully quick. And and honestly, I believe I'm like... Why would they leave for the SEC? They dominate now, and they're a national championship contender every year. I don't think that they want to go and risk other regular season losses to Alabama or LSU or even a Georgia on their good years. But And plus, I bring in the, the most money in the ACC currently. I'm not leaving. And then, Jared, back to what you said about the USC's and the Oregon's of the Pac-12. There were rumors a while back that they were in talks with the Big Ten. Anything ever come of that? Or And I think Colorado was in that group, too. And isn't it weird how things just come full circle again, huh? <laughs> yeah. Colorado. <laughs> yeah, Colorado. I mean, again, like, from a selfish standpoint, getting Colorado, getting Kansas, that would be great. As a Nebraska fan, the Big Ten's not going to like that. Because it's all money, man. And, like, Clemson's a top dog of the ACC right now. And Florida State, like, people say that. People give Nebraska shit. I know Florida State won a natty with Jameis, but I just, I don't know. Florida State, they do nothing for me anymore. Like, yeah, I might watch them every once in a while, but 
<sighs> I don't know. I consider Florida State like the Texas of the South. Yep. Like they they are the Texas Longhorns. All the talent in the world, and they yeah. underachieve every year. Yeah. And there's a reason Jimbo jump shipped. Like he's like, yeah, Texas A and M. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'll I'll go there. Well, hey, and just saying, um, did you guys see that Texas video of the the Senate? Yeah, we we shared <laughs> it on MBNR. <laughs> That TCU, and she was actually wrong in that. So she she actually gave them more credit. Yeah, she gave them more credit. She said that they were three and seven against TCU. No, they're actually two and seven. Texas has only beat them twice since joining the Big Twelve. It's just so nice to see someone other than Nebraska getting made fun of. I love it. Twitter. I love it. You know, it's usually Nebraska getting this shade thrown at them. It's like Texas is finally getting their due here. And you know, speaking of Twitter guys. Have you have you guys been watching these videos that the Nebraska football team has been putting out with a slim Adrian running around the corner? Are you guys watching that? Oh yeah. Inject Kool-Aid into my veins. I haven't watched a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now, I think I've relapsed on the Kool-Aid. Like I, I've been watching as a media guy myself, like I'm just watching these videos and I'm listening to these interviews and I'm like, you know. We might have a chance. We might there there there's there's a possibility that we might be all right this year. You know, it's funny how they keep slipping in Omar catching deep balls from Adrian at the end of the videos, CTB yeah. intercepting the ball from unnamed quarterback. I hope it's not Adrian. <laughs> yeah, you never really see who the quarterback is that's throwing. Is that Masker or is that Adrian? I hope it's not. I hope it's not Adrian. <laughs> But speaking of Adrian, like I said, you watch that video, he looks leaner. He's acknowledged that, you know, he's more fit. And it makes you think, just me personally, um, let's talk about the quarterbacks a little bit. So we've been saying on the podcast that the chances of Adrian getting injured are pretty high considering the amount of carries, considering he's probably the best runner on the team, sadly. And so... Let's talk about the depth at quarterback. They obviously didn't get someone from the portal. Nope. If Adrian gets injured, is Harburg ready? Is Smothers ready? Like, are are they good enough to where they can not just fill in and just hand the ball off or just play not to lose? Can they make enough plays to win Nebraska a game? Well, I think that goes into play calling, and it's gonna have to. They're gonna have to simplify the offense to make it. So you can have those guys with no game experience. They can plug and play. And I think when Scott first got here, I think it was a little tough for him to simplify things. And I'm hoping that year four, he's got his big boy pants on. He's already been a good boy at Big Ten Media Day. He's already saying the right things. The coaches are still pumping guys up, even fourth and fifth stringers. So, But we're, we're hoping that Scott is going to learn something in year four, and that might be simplifying the offense. I mean, obviously, Adrian has the keys to everything. He can run any play in the playbook, you know, from front to back. But for these backups and stuff, I'm hoping that there is a base in this playbook that every quarterback, whether you're Adrian Martinez or Matt Masker, can run to perfection. Yeah, Yeah. and so I think with this, Scott's number one goal heading into this season should be utilizing that amazing offensive line that they're all talking about and this super 
big, uh, you know, running back room, trying to make sure that, like, you know, one guy gets hurt, the next one is up, and we can still run the football. So that way, if you run into a situation where Adrian Martinez is out of the game, you don't have a Riker Fife in Tennessee situation where he's throwing 45 times. Like, you, there, there's no point in that, right? And so you throw six interceptions, and that's where you start having all these issues. Um, and I just think that, n- number one, you should be focusing on the run game in the event that Adrian Martinez does go down. That way your quarterback's not coming out and looking like he's not ready. Well, I've said it on the pod before. I think Heinrich Harburg is the, is the guy after Adrian. So if he isn't ready, he's going to have to learn on the, on the fly probably because if I had to guess on someone who comes in, I'd say it's that guy. But I'm not a coach. I don't have a depth chart in front of me. So don't come for me if I'm wrong, guys. Thanks. But, yeah, guys. You know, you talk about simplifying the playbook, which is kind of ironic considering their wide receiver room is supposedly the best it's ever been. So it's kind of it's kind of like a catch-22 to where, all right, try not to be cute, right? Simplify things. But you actually have, supposedly, deep threats now to where, gosh, you know, if you wanted to get cute and throw it up to Omar... And throw it up to Toure, maybe. I don't know. And it's just a catch twenty two now, but um let's move on to the running backs. Okay. What I'm gathering, Gabe Irvin is number one. Freshman Gabe Irvin. After that, you got Jacques Yant, who what is from what I hear is like two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's ginormous. Yeah, which makes me think, okay, if I see him go on a swing pass. I'm, I'm freaking out yeah. if I see him go for a screen pass. Yeah. Okay. Um, I still have hope for Marvin Scott. That's that's my boy. Your I've boy Marvin. I've been calling him out. Starving, Starving Marvin. Marvin. <laughs> Starving for carries. Marquis Step. Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. I've, I'm hearing that he's making progress for whatever that's worth. You guys have any thoughts on the running back room? Who are you looking for? What are your thoughts? Concerns? So I'll just piggyback right on what you said. Uh, Marquis Step. They... In these Kool-Aid videos, they keep showing Marquis step. So to me, they're trying to give the illusion that he's ready to roll. So I don't know. I I think Gabe Irvin is going to be the guy. I think we had said that before. We don't even know if Step has a foot. <laughs> but I mean, he's in lost the, a step. <laughs> in his videos, he does have two feet. But uh, <laughs> You know, Herschel walk on himself. Uh, Jaco has yet. We're hoping that he maybe gets some playing time. But uh, Scott already said it in the Big Ten media days that he wants a guy to just take this job and run with it. He doesn't want a running back by committee. Nope. And I'm hoping that one of these guys can step up and do it. He doesn't want a running back by committee, and that's fine. And that's probably the best way for, like, sustained consistency and success on offense is to have a guy, but – to start the season, he doesn't have a choice. Like, he doesn't have anybody that's breaking away. Like, none of these guys have enough Big Ten game experience to say, oh, yeah, he's the good starter. My guess, oh, and the kickoff happens, is that if Steph is healthy enough, he's going to be the guy just because you don't bring a transfer in to sit. Yeah, I'm excited to hopefully see Marquis Step. But let's move on to receivers. What does everybody think of the receivers? Kyle, what do you think? I, I agree. I'm super excited about the receivers as well. Um, honestly, all I need to see in those videos is just a receiver getting behind some people. That's it. 
That's all I want. Even if, even if Adrian can't make the deep throw, whatever the case might be moving forward, I don't really give a shit. All I want to see is the receivers open and running downfield. That's it. Well, and, you know, you're, you're seeing all this hype, right? But, you know, what are we basing it on? We're basing it on practice. We're basing it on kind of hearsay. In Toure's case, you know, he did have some stats to back it up at Montana, but that's obviously not D1. Um, but, yeah, again, cautiously optimistic about the wide receiver room. Um, look, tight ends, Vokalek and Allen figure to be beastly, right? Like, Vokalek, I heard that the coaches kind of refer to him as, like, another offensive lineman that can actually catch the ball as well. So, again, the tight like Austin Allen, if things go according to plan, he should be a Mackie award finalist i'm hoping again that's kool-aid stuff but guys i want to turn to the defense i want to talk i want to turn to coach chinander coach chins he's talking about math he's talking about calculus how the defense has graduated from basic math to calculus now what does he mean by this he means that the defense is more concerned with why they're doing something instead of what they're doing in the first place. And he's he reiterated to the media that they might be able to get a little more creative with in regards to the pass rush um, compared to past years. Um, what do you guys think about Chin's comments here about calculus? Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm really loving what I'm hearing about like Jojo Doman, which I was always a fan of his, um, and and Payne out there just tearing shit up right now. Like he he they say he's looking good, he's looking fast, he's healthy, um, and so hopefully that kind of brings some rush to the quarterback because yeah, you take the defense from last year and then you add some pass rush, like yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, and look, pass rush is one of the most important deficiencies of this defense in the past. Can't really, We can't lie about that. Forever. It's been a while, like, you know, since Randy Gregory, yep, right? Exactly. Yep. So, you know, you look at Fildarius Payne, Garrett Nelson. Mm. I, I heard that he's like 260-plus pounds or something. He is. He's huge, right? And they have been talking about, like, what they, they said they brought somebody in to teach him, like, you know, it's not just a bull rush. Like, you kind of have to think. You have to use your brain. So, like, I think, you know, if he could turn that corner where he's not just flailing his arms every play and running head first at everybody, like, I think he might be all right. He has. Um, he has. So, going back to your original comment about, you know, basic math to calculus. Yes. I think what that tells you is that these super seniors, you know, they know a lot. And they are going to transfer their knowledge onto the younger guys. Yeah. And one thing that this defense has that we haven't had in the past is depth. We have depth at all positions. We have a huge question mark at pass rush, and we're hoping Payne can be our guy. But depth is, is what we have, and we are going to need every single one of them. Because if it hasn't shown enough, we have guys that get hurt, and you're going to need every single guy ready to go. I'm hoping that Ben Stilley and Deontay Williams, those guys need to step up. And look, me personally, when I hear Chinander say these things, right, here's here's how I'm going into it, okay? I'm looking at Nebraska's defense. This tells me there's no excuses this year, right? 
if I hear about a player missing a gap assignment and a Wisconsin running back breaks it for 50-plus yards, if I have to hear about a broken coverage, like, look, that'll just go to prove that all this fall camp, interview, Kool-Aid Kool chugging, yeah, it's, I already think it's BS, but, I mean, come on, look. The most experienced defense you've had, all these seniors, you're telling me that guys, guys are sick of implementing the defense because they already know what they're doing. This is what Shane Andrews said. The players are like, we really have to learn this stuff? I mean, come on. Okay, so if this is true, I don't want to hear any missed gaps, missed co broken coverage, guys breaking it for 50-plus yards for a touchdown. Hashtag don't think. Just play then. Play fast. Garrett Nelson, play fast. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess. I don't think that's <laughs> <Okay>. possible. <laughs> but that look, I want this defense. If this defense is not a top 50 defense, I think I'm being conservative with that number. Yeah. Top 30 is my prediction. Look, uh, and that'd be awesome. Yes. They have to be a top 30 defense but with if, this talent. If they're 51st, I will be like, WTF. Honestly, I'll be really disappointed. That's yeah. just me. Yeah. And something we've been saying all year and damn near every episode is just the fact that, like, this is the year for Scott Frost. I know the, 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 the schedule is rough. It's one of the worst in, in the country. But you have no excuses. You're not shallow in any position. You're Except for maybe quarterback. Um, you're not shallow in any position except for quarterback, and you don't have you like. There's no excuses now, so it's it's like nut up or shut up at this point. You got to prove it. Rough schedule is just code for your team isn't very good. But if there's one thing I don't want to hear about this year, it's the culture talk and the guys aren't buying in again. The first couple seasons, okay, yeah, you're gonna have some castoffs. You're gonna have some players that don't care. Okay, fine. In year four, that's completely on the coaching staff. It's something that you're doing uh, that isn't getting through, and you need to figure it out. If I hear the culture again, or that uh, there's guys that aren't all the way in, uh, my head is going to explode off of my body. <laughs> <laughs> and you ain't wrong about that. There, the c word should never be used on NBNR again. As it should be eliminated. As long as Scott Frost is still the head guy, if I have to hear about culture one more time, yes, Eric, my head is going to splatter all along these walls. And it's just frustrating to hear that. But we haven't heard any of that. We haven't heard about guys not buying in. We haven't heard any of that stuff. We, if, we've been hearing about calculus. So let's do a prediction here. When are we going to hear that this is the best practice that Scott Frost has had since he got in Nebraska? Let's let's take some take some votes Do here. Just go around. How long? How long? <laughs> yeah. I think after the Oklahoma game, the Monday will be. It was the best practice that we've ever had. The the, the guys are angry. I I think the first two weeks will be status quo. You know, they look good. They're ready. Yeah. So that was Eric. So this is Kyle. This is my vote. I think it's going to be the practice just before Illinois. They're going to say, oh, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're looking great. This is the best practice we've ever seen, and uh, we'll see what happens. You guys are, like, giving him a lot of credit. I'm saying it's going to be this freaking week. They got pads up tomorrow, which we're recording today on Tuesday. It's full pads tomorrow. I think Scott, when he gets on the presser this week, 
will say something along the lines of this is the best practice he's had since he's been at Nebraska. Even I'm giving him more credit than that, okay? This is Jared, by the way. <laughs> um, gosh, Eric, I, I like your answer a lot because the first three games, right? Hopefully you go 3-0. God, I hope so. Right? So that'll be like status quo, like guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Go to Norman, get your stuff pushed in, maybe. And during that next week's practice, to kind of uh, keep fans hopeful and like keep keep the sellout streak going. <laughs> we had our best we had our best practice. Guys aren't guys aren't down, you know. They're gonna use this as motivation. Right? We played arguably the best team in the nation and we got our brains beat in. There's still hope. Still a long season left to go. We had our best practice. I like that answer, Eric. Hey. <laughs> Maybe Oklahoma will be distracted by all the realignment rumors when we play. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I I think the game's gonna be closer than it looks. I don't think it will, but look, uh just last thing that I want to highlight is outside lamb linebackers coach Dawson. He's also going to be head of special teams, hopefully with Bill Bush doing some things behind the scenes as well. He had something to say that I want to point out, guys. He said that they start every practice with special teams. So, guys, take it seriously. This is what he said. This is what we've been preaching the whole time. Begging for. Begging on our knees, basically. Do you believe? I mean, I believe him, obviously, but is this enough to convince you that special teams is one of the three phases being nailed down as it should be? I think we will find that out on August 28th. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. On the first kickoff. Yep. We will, we will know right away, one, if this kid from uh, Gretna, right. if he kicks it through the end zone, Check box number one. We have a guy who can kick the ball into the end zone. What if he kicks it out of bounds? Then that's called regression, Jared. That's called regression. <laughs> what if it goes Step behind two him? is who is going to be out there to punt the ball when we go three and out? I'm not saying we're going to go three and out on the first drive, but who is going to be the punter? Is it going to be the Australian side kicker or is it going to be William Pristep or whatever? Because he got benched last year. So. Who will be punting the ball? And finally, the last thing is going to be who will be returning kicks. Wandell is gone. Is it going to be Alante Brown? It's going to be CTB. Is yeah. it going to be CTB? Yeah. Who's going to be returning kicks? Who's going to be returning punts? That's when we'll know if they're taking it serious. It's going to be week zero against Illinois. Yeah, I agree. And another thing I, I, uh, I have my eyes on is just to see if like we're okay at catching the ball when uh, they kick off to us. Because it seems like every year... Every year, there's like four or five games where there's always one kick, and it's like, yeah, we don't know if he's going to catch it or not. We're like, shit. <laughs> you got to hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe it, and I see it, essentially. That's that's my thinking with everything in this program at this point. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when Crookshank does not return <laughs> another kickoff for a touchdown. Is he, is he still playing? He's kind of. He's on Rutgers, so we, they're on the schedule, right? It's, as long as they don't kick it to him, they could they could go over. Culp could go over thirty. Freaking Daniel Cherney pulls a Lightborn and 
Kicks it backwards. <laughs> Flubs <laughs> it, man. Uh, at Ohio State, Lightborn tries to do the onside, but he trips over. As long as they don't kick it to Crookshank, I'll buy in. Luckily, we don't play Rutgers or Crookshank this year, so special teams already a win. Already win. Don't even that can go to last in practice now. So now, as long as we don't play Crookshank. So now to go back to your other <laughs> thoughts, let's hope that Colt doesn't go 0 for 30 or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he won't. He's gonna be all Big Ten, baby. Back to back, two back years in a row. All right, just saying. Okay, um, do we want to do that? Do the hat giveaway? Yeah. Pick some names out of this helmet? Yeah, all right. Okay, so let's mix it up. Alright. Now I know you guys can't see, but we're mixing it up. Alright. First name. I got at Abby Something. All things hashtag for the brand. Wow, that's kind of a creative name. There we go. Good job, Abby. You won a free no block, no rock hat. Now, I don't know if you're from St. Louis, if you live there now, or you li- if you live in Omaha, um, we'll get in touch with you, Abby. Something, or maybe you can listen to this and, you know, get in touch with us. But we hope you're, you're listening. You're the first winner, so she's gonna get an NBNR hat. Mike, I'm gonna allow you to pick the next name. All right, who you got here? Who you got? All right. It looks like <laughs> the winner of the second no block no rock hat yeah. is Husker Hep. Husker Hep at Husker Hep. Okay. So, good job Husker Hep. <laughs> we will be reaching out to you and we will be sending you a no block no rock hat. Husker Hep and Abby something. Thank you guys for retweeting and liking our post. Yeah, it's just a shout out to all of our listeners and our followers on Twitter. We have finally hit the 800 mark. Yay! We want to keep growing, though. So please share this with your friends. Always retweet and like our stuff. We greatly appreciate it. You have no idea how much we appreciate it. Where can they find us on Twitter? They can find us at NBNR Podcast. Where else can they find us to listen to us? They can also find us on our website, designed by Mr. Kyle View Productions. That's right. Here we are. (laughs) And uh, that is NBNRPodcast.com. Yes, sir. And once again, we are trying to close our episodes out like this, but we are open for business. If anybody would like any advertising of any sort, uh, feel free to reach out to us via our website or on Twitter uh, at NBNR Podcast or NBNRPodcast.com. Yes, we are willing to sell out, guys. We will sell out for money. <laughs> <laughs> we make zero right now. We have, we have zero dollars in our NBNR bank account. So if anybody likes what they hear, please... Help us out in any way. You could donate if you want. We'll we'll plug something. We'll say happy birthday if it's somebody's <laughs> birthday. We don't care. Yeah. You know, we know we're we're trying to grow and uh, yeah, we just appreciate all you guys. And as you guys know, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Please log on to those. Listen to us. Give us a five star review if possible. We really appreciate it. We will sign off now. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware, and Kyle Byers. I'm Eric. Mom. And as always, GPR.